Well, hi, everybody. It's the Week in the Tackle podcast, the Friday edition, where we have uh, tidbits from Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XMFC. Now, for the last few weeks, Tim and I have been filling in on the Friday program. We've had a bunch of guest hosts, uh, Rodney Marsh, Tommy Smith, Danny Higginbottom, Keith Costigan, Matt Lawrence. They've all been filling in on a Friday uh, because Brian Dunseth has been on, are we still saying holiday? Holiday, a cultural trip, um, a learning exchange with the good people of Europe. But he's back today, and I think we can all say collectively, you lazy f***. Where the f***ing f*** have you f***ing been? Sorry, Tim. <laughs> What's up, my man? How are you guys? I missed you. I missed you. I'm, 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 I'm excited to be back. Uh, I had an incredible experience, incredible journey over in Europe, in, uh, in Spain, in Barcelona, in Girona, in San Sebastian. Got to hang out with you in London. You took me on an incredible tour with my family in the TalkSport studios, and uh, it was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. It was it was good for us to get away. It was good for us to immerse ourselves in the Spanish culture, the language, uh, the people. Uh, came away bright eyed, bushy tailed, and in shock for a couple of things. A couple of things shocked me. Got to be honest. Go with on, me. hit me. Well, they all so, spoke Spanish. So <laughs> factual statement. See, si, se puede. Um, the the idea of football right in europe mm. for us americans we think that once you step foot uh, in in europe anywhere in europe there's like a pickup game anywhere there's like dirt fields there's like parking lots there's like street alleys there's like soccer fields or football fields there's like turf there's grass there's a little bit of everything like you're going to inevitably come across kids playing football somewhere once did mm. we find just walking down the street probably two kids between like six and four and then Luca jumped in and they were just kicking the ball in the little alley on the way home, walking back from Barceloneta up to a Jean play. The rest of the time, Rennie, it was impossible to find a game. Now, they do have this app in Spain, or at least in Barcelona, called Celebrate. And you download the app and you end up putting your credit card down. It's like $6, almost $7 to play pickup. So I signed my boys up. We get there. No one's allowed under 18. So there goes, you know, 14 bucks. I end up playing. <laughs> I think I'm playing really well. Everything's going well. We play about an hour. About the 57th minute, right hammy starts. Whoop. Um, and then I end up playing later. But the, the the idea of us like on the back patio playing 1v1s or doing runs in the alley, like my boys are trying to get ready for a tournament. So we kind of took a step back because we couldn't play as much as I thought they were going to be playing. I thought they could just yeah. go jump and play with all these kids. But yeah, I mean, you did come in January. Like it's very cold in January. Like no, the temperature in London has been like zero degrees oh, yeah. Celsius. That's true. That so you weren't going to find a pickup game in like, well, you weren't going to find a pickup game in Borough Market where they sell mm. artisan donuts. That's mm. not where the five aside goes down. That's yeah. where people spend four pound sixty on a donut made for one pound ten. Yeah. You know, you weren't going to find it there. They, they I mean they have the apps like that in in England. Footy Addicts is the one okay. I'm on. Where you kind of like, oh, I'd like to play a game tonight, and you turn up at the game, and after five minutes of a good old punch up, and you get to go home early and see the wife, get home before the kids' bedtime. <laughs> we didn't uh, have with that. the black eye. Yeah, no. we we didn't have that. It was the 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 level though was 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 really solid. I I haven't played for a while. I I, I haven't played back here in Salt Lake City, so to kind of jump into a game and all of a sudden like a really good level, I was like I was I I like I got competitive, like not like aggressively competitive, but like I was trying to 
you know, I was trying to get in, you know, win a ball, bring it down on the chest, play it quickly, have an Argentine go, hey, maestro, oi, like that type of thing. Um, but yeah, listen, it's Had you been called maestro ever before in your football career? I mean, a couple times, you know, number 10, even though I played center back in my mind. Look at I'm Tim's face. 10. Tim yeah. doesn't believe that for a second. For well, I'm a, a second. I'm a number true. 10 in my mind. I'm a number 10. Yes. But yeah. No, listen, the, the... We're all Gordon Ramsay in our mind and we make dinner. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, we're not. We're just soup. like Ronald McDonald. <laughs> and then it's soup. Yes. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, Girona, kind of the the old school, like you feel like you're going back in time. We had a, we had a, we had a nice little glass of wine at the bottom of the steps where Jamie Lannister rides his horse up to the top. Um, oh. So that was cool. Like kind of like from television to real life moment, we took a high-speed train, five and a half hours uh, which, by the way, the 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 travel system in Spain, oh, Spain. is incredible. Oh, it, it's so much better. So it's much so better. it's so easy. Forty five minutes to Girona from Barcelona. From Barcelona, you get one of those Central double trains, those double decker trains. No, they have. Oh no, we God. did we did the we did the high speed train uh, from Barcelona through Zaragoza and then into San Sebastian. That was about five and a half hours. Super comfortable, super easy. Although they didn't have internet, but the boys got to read and all that stuff. San Sebastian is one of the most beautiful places on earth. About forty five minutes north of Bilbao, surf culture, incredible people. Uh, Pinchos. You can have some pinchos at any time. Um, and then, yeah, we met you guys in London. Had a, had a great, I, I finally got to introduce you to my man, Joe Cummings, that listens to oh, Weekend yeah. Tackle religiously. Um, got to go to, got to do the Richmond experience, the Ted Lasso bar. I got to do all that, walk down the street where he comes out oh, of his yeah. apartment and with coach and they sit on the bench and have a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we just settled back into Barcelona and I, and I hooked up with, uh, my really good friend, Paco Palencia, who used to play uh, Mexican legend, Mexican national team legend, played for the Mexican national team, uh, was actually playing for Espanol. He's living in Barcelona with his family, got to hang out with him a few times. So yeah, overall, extraordinary opportunity for the family. And uh, we got back and snow. I, oh, I, I was good. not only shoveling, but I was blowing snow in Utah because it's the quote unquote best snow year that we've had in a long, long time. And uh, I realized we didn't miss anything. Just no, a lot of snow. It's just snow and Mormons. That's all there is. There's nothing else to see. Facts. And a lake that's a lake that's slowly dying. Beyond that, nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, move on. Uh, two really quick bits before we introduce tidbits, which we've not actually done yet, so we can't do a specific intro to tidbits, so it might not match up. Here's tidbits where we talk about gerrymandering. Is that real? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but two quick bits. Number one, uh, when I took the Duncess around TalkSport Towers, unfortunately, um, it was too windy to open the outside balcony, which is a shame. Because yeah. yeah. you nearly got like the best. It's one of the best views in London from the News UK building. Um, but if it's windy, it's like life threatening. So <laughs> we couldn't go out there. Uh, but two bits that were really funny. Um, number one, your youngest boy. What's the youngest Luca. boy? Is which Luca. one, Luca? Yeah, it's too many, too many names to remember. Um, so we took the Duncess through the TalkSport studios, and you go past TalkSport, TalkSport Two, Virgin Radio, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we were chatting to somebody. You and I were chatting to somebody, and everyone was kind of milling around. And Luca went to the window where Jim White, Simon Jordan, and Martin Keown were in yeah. the booth doing the show. Yeah. And he was basically <laughs> waving at Simon Jordan. Yeah. While Simon Jordan is doing his like, you know, pungent piece about yeah. like how everyone's wrong and he's right. But while he's doing it to Martin Keown trying to wind him up, he's also waving at a cute boy yeah. in the window. It was so funny. And they did it like three times. And I was like, I don't know. It seems like they're having a nice time. But yeah. it's Simon Jordan coming across happy for the first time ever on well, any show. It was so crazy because I, I was telling you as we were walking by, I was like, you know, in the mornings, I wake up here in Salt Lake City. And obviously the time difference is huge between London. 
uh, seven hours and I wake up and I, I like, as I'm working, I'll listen, I'll go through kind of the morning shows from talk sport and be like, Oh, what were the big topics that they hit? And I watch with Jim and, and Martin and, and Simon. And so like, for me, it was like well, kind of this weird, like fishbowl moment. Like mm. I'm not looking at my computer, like I'm watching them do this live, but then like, you know, you get these like sense of personalities and like, who's a little bit funnier and who's witty and who's a little bit dry yeah. and who's like super serious. So that moment, Credit to Simon, man. Like he, he was like completely counterculture to who, who I thought he was. He like yeah. got this big Cheshire cat smile. and was like, like aggressively waving back to Luca and Luca's like, he, this guy's nice. Like he's waving to me. So yeah, Lu Luca, this, that kid could start a conversation with a wall. He's got yes. so much personality. The only person ever to have won over Simon Jordan in the history <laughs> of Simon Jordan, which I like. Unbeknownst to Brian Dunseth, I got yeah. a call immediately afterwards from security from Simon saying, get those pricks out the building. That's not true, that bit. That was a joke. Uh, and the other bit, which I really liked, that Mrs. Dunseth and I had a moment walking through Borough Market. And I mentioned this to Tim on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, which you definitely listened to. Um, and we basically were like, oh, she said, are you going to get something to eat? Everyone's getting something to eat. And I was like, well... You know, I'm kind of watching the calories. It's January. I'm trying to get off the Christmas and holiday weight. She was like, oh, okay. Um, well, maybe just like a bit of fish from the, the you know, the, the, the fish and chips we're getting. Well, actually, I don't eat fish. I'm a vegetarian. I, I don't even do the pescatarian thing. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to get a cake? You mentioned they do a, a really nice pastel donata around here. Would you like one? Well, yeah, again, a lot of sugar, trying to avoid the sugar. So I don't want to get that. <laughs> and then um, we went to the pub. And she was like, do you want to do you, do you want a drink? Should I get you a beer or something? I was like, well, you know, just trying to watch the... What's the alcohol intake? It's January, dry January. And she went, man, you're the driest guy I've ever met. <laughs> Which I thought, yeah. Yep, that's Jade. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Jade. Uh, for, yeah. for, for clarity, we did have a, we, by the way, <clears throat> when, I, when we posted um, on Instagram, like I, I threw up the picture and, you know, we were, we were going back and forth, like tagging each other and in, in Insta stories and everything. And uh, <clears throat> it was a picture of you and I in the pub. And you had ordered what was the pint size? It wasn't a pint. What did what's no? The, it was a half. That's a, a swift half. half. That's okay, a half. So you said Australia swift. might know it as a schooner. Okay, so we walk up to the bar. Rennie's like, "I gotta be." I like, "We'll get it. We'll get a. We'll get a drink. We'll get a beer really quick." Blah blah blah. What do you want? I was like, "Whatever you have, and I'll have." So all of a sudden, you you throw out this verbal barrage of like dancing words, and then like, I'll take two. And all of a sudden, okay, so here comes this like mini, mini half pint. And so we take drinks and like, I'm holding it up to my mouth, like about cheers, about to take a drink. So I guess my pinky wasn't necessarily out, but my pinky was like tucked in as I was taking the drink. Yes. I'm actually looking at that right now. It's very cultured. And I caught an unbelievable amount of what? from people that were like, you look so uncomfortable. What is that? Why did you order such a delicate little pint? And what the hell's happening with your f***ing fingers? <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> and right. I was like, I was like, I don't even know how to hold this little mini thing. It's like it was like a a, a flute of champagne that yes. I, I thought I was going to. This is what you have if you've only got half an hour for lunch and you yeah. don't want to go back to the office without alcohol. Uh, that's <laughs> what you do uh, in the bunch of greats in London Bridge if you ever get the chance. Right. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done tidbits yet, but we're going to play it later once we've done it live. Do you want to introduce it? Uh, yeah, here's a question. If you're going to buy eight players during the winter transfer window, yet you can only register three for Champions League, is my math right or your math completely f***ing off the charts? Sorry, Tim. We're not going to talk about that, but this is tidbits.
It's time for Tidbits on Grumpy Pundits. Yeah, time for some tidbits now on Grumpy Pundits. Stories we thought were interesting from the last week or so, but not strong enough for a full section of today's programme. Uh, Brian Dunseth is back with me for uh, our Week in the Tackle Grumpy Pundits Friday show, and there have been some long tidbits while you've been away. Hmm. There was one tidbit that Marcos got so angry at because we didn't get to the break until we were like 34 minutes in. So, nice. Dunny, for tidbits today, we've got to yeah. be disciplined, okay? Can you okay. bring discipline to tidbits? No, I cannot, but I'll try. No, okay, fine. We brought the wrong guy in for this. I knew we brought the wrong guy in. I knew it. Um, I want to start with this because I love this, and I mentioned it on yesterday's show. We've got the audio to play uh, to play for people now. So, do you know... The TV show Dream Team. Do you remember the TV show Dream Team? Have you heard of it? I've, I've heard of it, but I, I couldn't tell you the, the plot line, the stories, or who's, uh, who stars in it. Well, Dream Team was a seminal, seminal drama that went out on Sky One in the UK between 1997 and 2007. It focused on the fictional Premier League club, Harchester United. Mm. Um, and it was a brilliant show. For the first two or three years, it actually was like appointment viewing for a generation of kids. And there's a famous story where Linda Block, the owner of the club, whose husband dies mysteriously of a heart attack, um, is having an affair with star striker, I believe from Argentina, Luis Amor Rodriguez. Mm. Um, and they get to the FA Cup final where the affair between Luis Amor Rodriguez and Linda Block is unveiled and someone tries to shoot Luis Amor Rodriguez at Wembley as they lift the FA Cup, but the bullet misses Luis Amor Rodriguez and hits Captain John Black. Spoiler alert, he dies from a shot at the FA Cup final, whilst lifting the trophy at the old Wembley on the balcony. It's a seminal drama. Well, all of this very much upset star striker Carl Fletcher, who one night, in a fit of pique, called up Sky Sports' phone-in programme, as presented by Rob Hawthorne and a bloke called Rodney Marsh. When you've been through what I've been through, you soon find out who your friends are. Are you saying that you don't have any friends at Harchester? You're damn right. Otherwise, Linda Block wouldn't still be there. I tell you what, look, I want to keep my job here. We can't talk about Linda Block right now. I don't know about you, Fletch, but I take it that your transfer request had nothing to do with football. Well, it's got a lot to do with football. I'm not getting any younger. I want to win European trophies. I want to play for England. I mean, this might be my only chance of playing in the World Cup. Surely you can achieve these things by staying with the Dragons, though. Yeah, but where's the ambition? Where's the quality? If Harchester United was so serious, they wouldn't have a wet-behind-the-ears manager in charge. Hey, Fletch, Fletch, what about the fans? They've always been loyal, but nothing lasts forever. Okay, you, you, you're coming on, you're saying you're not happy, you, you, you complain about the manager. Where do you want to go? Barcelona. At least they're interested. If you're listening, Carlos Rizak, come and get me. Doing, Honestly, if Carl Fletcher's coming on here and telling us live on Sky Sports you want to go to Barcelona. Well, yeah. Well, why not? He's finally Barcelona lost the Barcelona are one of the biggest teams in the world. I mean, if he goes there, that'll be sensational. With all the things that have been going on with the trial and whatnot, can you understand him, though, maybe wanting to make a clean break of it? Well, I can see from one point of view, Rob, but, but I just think he's a prat. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's a prat. Oh, my God. 
Oh, By the I way, can see not it from for nothing. One point of view, but he's a prat. Yes. Not for nothing, but the audio on that—it sounds like they're shouting through a megaphone into the toilet. What is going on yes. with that audio? I mean, to be fair, it's a program that was on TV in like 1998 that we've okay. ripped off of someone posting it on Twitter. Uh, Sid Lambert posted that a funny oh, old game amazing. on Twitter. Sid underscore Lambert. Uh, follow Sid; he's got some incredible kind of old school retro content. Uh, but it's Rodney sitting there next to a massive gong. Uh, which was your on Sky Sports, the program that, that Rodney hosted with Rob Hawthorne, which was uh, essentially what he did on TalkSport, but he did it on uh, on TV. It was a great show. Um, and you could fax in as well as call in and whatnot. But it's brilliant. And the guy who played Carl Fletcher looks exactly like Frank Lampard during his life. <laughs> opening years. <laughs> opening years. Love it. At West Ham. Uh, you know, chubby Lampard those days. It's fantastic. Do they give Oscars, uh, I don't know, for, for TV programs and performances from the early 90s? I don't know. But if so, I hope Rodney got some sort of award for that, don't you? That's did, and I want, did he have to pay his union dues? Like, do you have to pay union dues over in England? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're a proper, proper actor, proper. you would have to, I suppose. Proper. But uh, I don't know. He's but Dream Team, I don't know if you ever could have seen it in America. Uh, but mm. if you can find it... It genuinely is something worth watching. It was actually a really, for a little while, it was really good. And the steamy love affair between mm. Linda Block and Luisa Moore Rodriguez, mm. uh, definitely worth your time. Um, do you want another one? I've got, I've got so many. Do you, <laughs> yeah. do you want another tidbit? Yes, yes. Okay. So Peter Lim is the unpopular owner mm-hmm. of Valencia, as you know. Yeah. And Valencia, are they in a relegation zone? They're certainly down there in the table. They're, They're kind of lower right mid-table, right? Yeah. It's like 14 points or something. Anyway... So this week there was a, a Q&A with a representative of Peter Lim and someone from the company. Is it Meriton? Is Meriton the company that he owns, I think? Anyway, they kind of own Valencia. And this was from Reddit. So it's a member of staff from Valencia and someone from Peter Lim's company being asked questions by mm. journalists and kind of like fans of Valencia in this, in this room. Now, the audio, it, it's not in English, so I won't, we won't play the audio, but I'll just read you some of the questions uh, that they ask during this. So, firstly, first question. You've insulted our grandparents' club, my grandfather's club. The supporters don't trust you anymore. We don't want you here. Why are you here? Sell the club. You don't know how to run it. Find another hobby, Peter. Why are you still here? Why are you staying when the fans obviously hate you? Uh, What's your reasons for staying at the club? Does Peter Lim get anything out of owning Valencia? Are you not ashamed of staying at this job? And the questions go on and on and on in this genuinely, you almost feel sorry for them press conference. (laughs) And they keep going back to another journalist that says an even worse one. Are you lying? Why do you keep lying? With all due respect, are you aware of what your job at this club actually is? Is it clear to you? And to be clear, this is the representative that has to answer the questions. It's not Peter yes. Lim, correct? No, so, it's not it, Peter Lim. It's his so, people that have been sent to speak to journalists. So, so imagine Peter's in the, in his boardroom, sitting at his desk. He's like, hey, Keith, guess what? You're answering questions today. You're going to face up to the media members and the fans of Valencia. And by the way, don't screw this up. Job's on the line, buddy. Make me look good. Can you imagine? I'll be watching. Yeah. I'll be watching, Keith. I'll be- don't and, force and, this and, up. And not for nothing, lost Reno Gattuso this week as well, as he was uh, promised some things that evidently did not go down correctly, and uh, Reno walked away after gently brushing aside a, a very bright camera light while oh, yeah. he was speaking to one of the supporters. 
when they got Why back does to, Peter uh, Lim still own Valencia, though? Like, what's the point? What, I mean, that, they, these are great questions. They're quite yeah. angry questions, but he's obviously very bad at this job, and he's not making money out of it. So mm. why is he still doing it? Money. Long-term. Investment. Hold on. Does to he it. think he's going to make it's money, then, from Valencia? Well, you, you, I mean, you would assume that all of these guys are in it because they're looking at it as a, as a business model. I mean, what, what, what's reality? Reality is that a majority of these owners across the board, and I'm saying this is obviously a broad stroke, are they really in it for the love of football? Are they really in it for the love of the club, for the history of the club? They, they probably respect the history of the club, but no, it's, it's a business model. It's, it's, it's long-term, it's short-term cash for long-term investment for a big payout at the end. Everybody knows that. I mean, it's a very good point. And I suppose we can ask from this point moving forward, what would Rodney Marsh say about Peter Lim? Oh, you weren't ready. You just weren't ready, were you? Come on, Brian. We'll do it. We'll queue up again later like we're live. Um, he'd probably say he was a prat, I imagine. Um, I let me move on to this. I'll do it <laughs> again like it's live. What would Rodney Marsh say about Peter Lim? I just think he's a prat. There you go. We'll do it. From now on, we're going to nail that, guys. We're going to nail it. Um... <laughs> Do you know who Will Still is? Will Still? No. no Will please. Still. So Will Still, and he was on TalkSport yesterday, and I only heard of him like last week. He's the manager of Liga Club Riem, and he is a 30-year-old man who got into coaching via the video game oh, Football Manager. Okay. Yeah. And in 10 years, from the age of 20 to 30, he has risen all the way to be the manager of a league uh, club. He's been in charge for 12 games or so, and they're unbeaten in those 12 games. But because he is not an officially licensed UEFA coach, mm. every time uh, they play, Riem get fined $27,000 because he does not have a pro license. Uh, just 30 years of age, he was born in Belgium, but is an English coach or has English family. A West Ham fan, by the way, which I learned in the interview uh, he gave yesterday. And they basically, at the moment, are doing so well, his coaching methods are being talked about because he effectively uh, got a point against Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. They're being talked about by Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi and Neymar saying that they are one of the toughest opponents they've played in Liga in recent times. One of the best organised sides yeah. in Liga. No coaching badge, and they get fined whenever they play. Isn't that amazing? It, it is, but... Oh, how do I... How do I, do I want to dip my toe into this water? Oh, sure. Do I'll it! Ball. I, I, I... While I absolutely see the value of these coaching badges and curriculums that are necessary for managers to attain to, at some point have the prerequisite whatever um, to coach, I just think it's a load. It's a complete load of absolute ish. Um, mm. I, 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 I watch the way, and again, I respect it, but I watch the way so many talented young people, men and women, are, are, are literally blocked from continuing to grow because they don't have the financial opportunity or ability to pay for these insanely insanely difficult to achieve badges um and not only the cost but then the time associated with it whether you're expected to spend six to seven weeks and over the course of a year and you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do that and you're supposed to travel and you're supposed to stay in a hotel and food and all of this stuff um i 
absolutely respect what Reams is doing, what this young man has done. I read the report. The name now clicked when you started talking about it. Um, I, I just think that we need to figure out a way across the board to open up these opportunities for younger men and women to have the opportunity to have these badges as opposed to make it fiscally impossible for yeah. so many people to have the opportunity to be up there with, quote-unquote, the elite of the elite managers. Because I do think there's some great, really smart, up-and-coming people that are probably ceilinged across the board of going any higher because I don't have my B license, meaning that I can't <laughs> coach at this level because I don't have $40,000 to spend six weeks. Are there positives to it, though? Are there positives to having the badges? A hundred percent. Well, I think there is because there's... This- you're surrounded. When did they bring them in? Like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. It's well, not forever. And, it's not always well, done cre- this, have they? But in there, and they create new badges, right? They create new badges. You've got like the A license, and then you have like the Pro license, and you have like your 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 European badges, your UEFA badges, and then you have like you know your management badges or you know your your club management badge. So they make it's made up as it goes. It's also I see the positive in it that they're creating opportunities and learning chances, uh, whether theoretical or in real groups where you're sharing information and you're going through and you're walking through. Sometimes it's less tactile. Sometimes it's more uh, management of players and personalities and how would you deal theoretically with this situation uh, as opposed to just being on the field. Here's mm. set up your your cones and your four four two with your diamond formation and how would you play and adjust. But I, I, I just think there's... there's this is just me philosophically thinking that there should be better opportunities for lower costs and or money available to offset the cost for these badges that so many people are required to have and yet cannot afford for one reason or another. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? That you don't necessarily, if you've played the game for like 20 years or you know the game or you're whomever and you know the kind of uh, how to organize a team with the tactics, you don't need someone with a clipboard saying you can do it. You know, it's it's a weird thing. I imagine I, I imagine often in these conversations, someone in post going to Alex Ferguson in 1999. Do you have your badges? Do you, right. do you have your UEFA badges? Have you got your pro license? And he'll be like, see you, Jimmy. And, you know, yeah. from there, like he's Rapsy Nesbitt. <laughs> Ban him. Um, so Ban him. It's a bit see weird. Him. I mean, they're fining them. They're fining them every week they play, which is very, very well, strange. Well, re- really quick, for, for example, Jesse Marsh, when he was head coach of the New York Red Bulls, was missing New York Red Bull matches because he was flying overseas to get his UEFA badges. Like, M- he, he was missing Mad. games, and Chris Armas was stepping in as the head coach. And, and he's not the only one. There's others that have done it. But the, these are the requirements to be able to coach overseas if you're an American and even to coach here, once you retire, you're expected to go get your B license. If you don't have your B license to be a head coach, you then have to go get your A license, but there's a little window where you can coach before you go get your A license. I believe Jason Christ did it. Maybe Benny Olson did it. There were a couple of guys that they took off the field and said, okay, you're a head coach now, but by the way, in the next 12 months, you have to have your A license done in the midst of, Am, 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 is my job on the line when I'm coaching the Colorado Rapids because I've got to go get my A license? And if I leave, this guy's stepping in and coaching. And if I lose, do we make the playoffs? Do we not? So it, it becomes a very complicated conversation. 
And I, I understand why they might have one. Like if you're in, you're in a job and they're like, yeah, but look, we want to get the, this license because it teaches you about how to deal with young people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I get that. But then Same. finding them for not having them as he's doing the job seems bizarre. Um, speaking about things that are bizarre, I watched some Italian TV this week mm. uh, and some work being done by our friend Tancredi Palmieri, who was doing a, a bit <laughs> of a, a piece to camera. I don't know if you saw this. Live shot, um, yeah. It was a live shot. He's live on TV in Italy and a woman came up to him and, and, and Tank Grady was trying to ask her some questions, but she didn't speak Italian. But she wanted to convey the fact that she was from Edinburgh and mm. she supports the Jambos. You know the Jambos, who the Jambos are? Mm. Hibernian? Oh, close, but not right. Hip- hearts of Midlothian. Hearts, okay. The Jammed Hearts, the Hearts, the Jambos. Um, well, she wanted to get across to Tank Grady that she was a, a, a fan of Hearts of Midlothian without being able to speak uh, Italian to him. So Natasha from Nidri, um, she decided to convey on live Italian television that she was a fan by pulling down her top to reveal a tattoo on her ample bosom that said 5-1. And that was in reference to their 5-1 Scottish Cup victory in 2021 over Hibs. Mm. So Hearts beat Hibs in the 2012 Scottish Cup final, and to get it across to an Italian reporter on TV, she just whapped out her breast mm. and showed quick him the reflexes. tattoo. Quick reflexes. And Tank Grady, literally. And yeah. it's, a, it's a weird one, this, because yeah. he then obviously is trying to cover up the tattoo with his hand, which yeah. is also then grasping out to a young lady's breasts live on TV, which you weren't quite expecting to do. Um, I think everyone styled it out quite well. Uh, and everyone saw the funny side of it. Uh, he's tweeted it to his 220,000 uh, Twitter followers. Uh, they enjoyed a drink together in post to uh, commiserate or celebrate that it happened. Uh, Natasha has spoken to The Sun this week uh, saying, quote, he came up afterwards and we all had a good laugh about it. Uh, I got it um, out, but it was easy to cover up. Um, it doesn't really bother me. I just think I enjoy showing people once I've had a drink. But I hear that Tancredi's a Hibs fan and I'm a Hearts fan, so I had absolutely no choice to do it. Apparently, she got the tattoo drunk in Magaluf in 2016. Mm. We've mm. all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I've told you about the time that um, I was in Magaluf and I met a guy. Because in this, in this club, was it called BCM? I forget now. And it was a club that everyone went to. And there was a tattoo parlor in the club. Oh. And so people, it was, yeah, big mistake. Big mistakes no. were being made. Genius. And we, Genius move. That's we, like well, a lot of money was being made. What as are you well. talking about? That's yeah. true. Yes, that's true. So we met a guy, and he was really proud of being from Wigan. Uh, Wigan, the FA Cup winners, 2013, yeah. uh, you know, a little Bertle town Martinez, near yeah. Manchester, but a very small place. Anyway. And he he was saying to us, and he was very drunk, he was saying to us, I love Wigan, I'm from Wigan, I'm so proud of being from Wigan, I've even had this tattoo done in the parlour over there. And he pulled up his shirt, and around his belly button, he oh. had, made in Wickham. <laughs> A bullseye. Which is not the same place. <laughs> and he had absolutely no idea. He was massive. He was like when Tyson Fury gets fat. And we were like, yep, good old Wigan. Gotta got, love Wigan. Tattoo looks great. Bye, gotta Jerry. Gotta use the loo. Have a wonderful. Gotta go now. Bye. <laughs> Can I get you a drink, lads? Uh, nope. Nope. Uh-uh. That's fine. We'll um. We'll just shoot off. Pleasure to meet you. Have a wonderful time. Uh. I wonder. I wonder what happened when he found out. I don't know. I still don't know. I'll never know. 
Um, one final one before we get one from Marcos. I do want to bring you this, Danny, because it brings in your, your football career. And I'd love your view on this. It's a little bit old, but we didn't get to do it last week. Uh, and it comes from Fire Nord. You've probably seen the clip on, on social media, but I'd love your view on it. Uh, so Justin Bijlau uh, left the FC20 player that was running at him fuming last weekend when the winger was kind of running down the wing, uh, Virgil Mijdan was running down the left wing and the goalkeeper, Bilal, ran out, tackled him, ball goes into touch and then the, the winger picks the ball up to take a mm-hmm. quick throw, goalkeeper's out of position, oh, we're screwed. So the goalkeeper who's done the sliding tackle to win the ball back yeah. picked up one of the spare balls yep. on the outside of the pitch and threw it on. So the game had to be stopped threw because there was the two balls now on the field. Yep. Um, and then the guy who was going to take the quick throw, the winger, throws the ball at the goalkeeper's feet as he runs back on. And Pinging. he's the one that gets booked, yep. not the goalkeeper, yep. who intentionally stopped the flow of play. Amazing. Done yep. Sethery at its finest. Gamesmanship. I saw the, I, I saw the tackle. Uh, attacking player quickly gets up, as you said, gets ready to throw the ball in, recognizes the goalkeeper's off his line. He is on the sidelines. Goalkeeper picks the ball up. Chucks it back on the field, starts sprinting. Then attacking player gets pissed, throttles the ball at the goalkeeper, pings him, and then yes, he does get the yellow card. So Dunsethery executed specta. Uh, one final tidbit on today's program, and that goes to Marcos. And here's a jingle I've written for him, Marcos. Marcos, can you bring us a tidbit today? Oi, oh. Got a little more sensual here. Appreciate it. Yes. So transfer deadline this week. We talked a lot of about a lot of moves, but we missed one in particular, oh. and a little bit rightfully so. But uh, Kazuyoshi Miura, mm. this man signed with uh, Portuguese second division side Oliveirense on loan right. for the rest of the season. Might not seem like a big deal, except for the fact that Kazuyoshi is currently fifty five years old, and he's actually going to be fifty six in a couple yep. weeks. Yeah. Uh, he said he plans to play till he's 60. Uh, this is a sixth country he's played for. He's played in Brazil, Japan, Italy, Croatia, Australia. He had a good line here, which I really appreciate, uh, and his initial kind of introduction to the team. Even though this is a new place for me, I'll work hard to show everyone the kind of play I'm known for, said Miura. <laughs> oh, I know this guy. This is he's the guy who's called, uh, he's got a nickname, cool nickname. It's um... Grandpa. Oh no! It's, he's got a really cool nickname. Oh, uh, when he played in, in like, Portuguese. what is it? It's um, oh, it's like King Kong, but it's not King Kong. It's oh, 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 King Kazoo. This King is King Kazoo, Kazoo right? King Kazoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's familiar for his Kazoo dance, yep. which I'm yes, a little bit unfamiliar yes. with what that exactly is, but that is also in the little press release <laughs> that they kind of. I remember out. King Kazoo because King Kazoo, uh, he came, he was a tidbit like last year, I think, because he yeah. came back playing for somebody. Uh, oh, where was it? Was it in like Japan? I, I he can't was in remember Japan. Now, he... he came off the bench and scored a goal, and it like was some iconic number. Yes, yeah, we were. Yes, on the show. We yes, it, it was like yeah. his one thousandth goal in yeah, Japanese football, crazy. something mad like that. And now he's got a game in Portugal. Yeah. What? I mean, that listen, is amazing. In my in my dreams, I still dream like once a week that I'm like a player, like I I'm still like a professional soccer player, football player, and I run so slow. I run so slow in my dreams, <laughs> and I'm 45 years old. So the fact that this dude's doing it at 55, about to turn 56 in, what, three Amazing. weeks' time? I mean, just think about physically how he has managed his body throughout the years to get to this point where he's had, what, a 34-year career, 35-year career? I mean, 
whatever is in the his standard DNA. in Portugal like awful? It's the second tier, like awful. How can I mean, someone? This is not possible, is it? Second tier, you would assume, is going to be a good level, not an incredible level. So, I mean, the fact that they're taking a run at him isn't necessarily for, I would assume, for like a promotion push for them to get back in the top level or get to the top level. I would assume there's an element of also kind of the social media because here we are talking about this club that I've never heard of uh, because King Kazoo's going. And I'm now on his Wikipedia page, now I'm remembering all this. Um, He scored, so his Wikipedia, so it's definitely true, uh, 14 times in qualification for Japan's 1998 World Cup. Yeah. But he was controversially left out of the squad. What? What? You left King Kazoo out of the squad for the World Cup, even though he scored 14 goals in qualification, as Marcos might say. Oh! (laughs) Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. I I will say the tie of maybe why he's in Olivarense is because his uh, team that loaned them out there, Yokohama, apparently owns a majority stake. Oh, there you go. So Uh, I guess that's our tie as to how he ends up there. There you go. Man City Football Group. takes away some of the magic. That takes away some of the magic, doesn't it, really? Yeah, ruins it's good it PR. Bit. But it's okay. Good PR. Good it's PR, okay. Man. Yeah, it's good PR. We're talking about him. King Kazo, God bless you, and all who sail in you. Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Want more Grumpy Pundits? Listen weekdays from 9 to noon Eastern on Sirius XM FC, Channel 157, and on the SXM app.